Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Greetings to those who watch below. Before I start this video, I'd like to say a very special thank you to those who dwell below. They are Wicked Witch, Lefty Kim, Go City Shelton, Lisa Watts, and Steffi Ray. If you'd like to join them, make sure to hit the link in the description box below. As you may have guessed from today's title, this is another episode of Haunted Lives, a more longer form story of somebody's experiences with the supernatural. So please enjoy The Black Temple by Sanjo Pat. I'm an avid trekker and nature lover. Despite a hectic work schedule, I try to take some time off every year and visit wildlife sanctuaries and forts. This is the only time when I am really at peace with myself. The unpolluted surroundings and clean air helps to rejuvenate me and fills me with a lot of positive feelings. I've done a lot of treks. I've encountered some strange occurrences in the jungles and the forts which I have visited. The incident which I am about to relate is one of them. This incident happened during my bachelor days when I visited my cousin who stays in Shimoga, Karnataka. My cousin Nitesh was getting married and since he was the only child in the house, the wedding was to be a grand affair with all the relatives invited for the ceremony. I was lucky to get around 10 days leave from work. I checked out with my other cousins and found that Ram, Bala and Gaurish had also made similar plans. I was very happy that I would have company during my visit. It also gave us some time to explore the surrounding countryside after the festivities were over. As planned, we reached Natasha's house a couple of days before the wedding along with our families. We were given a warm welcome by my uncle, aunt and Natasha, who were more than happy to see us. The next few days were spent in preparation for the grand occasion, and all of us contributed wholeheartedly towards the cause. The wedding celebrations went fine, and we were dead tired at the end of it. After sending off the newly wedded couple for their honeymoon, we had some days to explore the countryside. Shimoga is a very beautiful place, with a lot of natural beauty around. Apart from a lot of beautiful ancient temples, there is also a dense forest nearby, which is home to a wide variety of flora and fauna. After taking a day to visit some nearby temples, we decided to venture into the forest and camp there for the night. Our parents were reluctant at first, but later relented, since we decided to take Natasha's friend Sachin, who is a local, along with us. Sachin knows the area like the back of his hand, and was a handy aid to have on such a trip. We accordingly made arrangements for the same, 
and started off early in the morning at around half four. We traversed around 50 kilometers by Natasha's old gypsy, which was driven by Sachin, until we came to the outskirts of the town. Sachin knew a couple of people in the small hamlet where we parked our vehicle. After having a cup of tea there, we proceeded into the forest at close to 5.45. The walk through the forest and seeing the sunrise was absolutely enchanting, to say the least. What once seemed like a quiet and lifeless place was soon filled with various sounds of birds and animals. We asked Sachin, supposedly our guide, as to where we were going. He told us that he was taking us to a place which he had visited a long time ago. It was a temple built during ancient times in the middle of the forest. He didn't disclose anything else as he wanted to keep it a surprise. We walked through the forest path, clicking photographs and generally enjoying the pleasant weather. After a short halt at around 11 for a quick bite, we generally walked about a break until we reached our destination around 2.30 in the afternoon. The temple was right in front of us. At first it seemed like a normal temple, but something about it gave me the creeps. It was built of black laterite stone, which is common in these parts. The main temple stood in the centre and was quite imposing. At one corner there was an old unused well, which might have provided water to the erstwhile inhabitants of the temple. At the extreme left corner of the temple grounds, there was a two-storied structure, which had around 20 rooms, and looked like pilgrim quarters, which used to house pilgrims in transit. There were also some strange platforms around the temple, which seemed like sacrificial altars, used for conducting ritual sacrifices. We slowly began exploring the place. We found it strange that there was no idol anywhere inside, even though there was a place for it. When we questioned Sachin about it, he finally told us the story, which was told to him by one of the locals who stayed in one of the nearby villages. The temple itself was quite old, built perhaps in the 9th to 10th century. The forest which we saw around us was once a prosperous town. For some unknown reason, it was abandoned by people, and then nature took over once again. A curse might have been the most likely cause of the town's abandonment, though not much is known about it. The temple lay in ruins for many centuries before it was finally rediscovered. It is rumoured that the temple was taken over by a tantric cult in the early 19th century, which carried out black magic and other practices shunned by the simple village folk. Since these practices are shunned by the normal people, they were carried out in utmost secrecy, especially on new moon or full moon nights. Villagers claimed to hear weird sounds coming from the forest, and the place was generally avoided. Earlier, the nearby villages used to report loss of hens, goats, and other poultry animals regularly. This was generally attributed to a wild dog or a panther who had strayed inside the village. The culprits, however, were never apprehended. Then, something sinister happened. Within the space of three weeks... Three children aged between three and five years were reported missing. People were generally alarmed, and a manhunt was launched to apprehend the culprits and find the missing children. The police superintendent at the time was an Englishman by the name of John Walters. He was a brave man and genuinely sympathised with the villagers. After assuring them that the guilty would soon be brought to justice, he began his investigations. He found out from the villagers about the Black Temple and the sinister activities which were carried out there. Armed with adequate reinforcements, 
he raided the place on a full moon night, where a human sacrifice was about to be performed. There was a lot of resistance from the 50-odd men and women who resided there, but finally they managed to subdue them. The cult members were filthy, almost naked, with bodies covered in ash. They looked really loathsome indeed. Walters, however, was unperturbed, and took the lot in his custody. However, what he hadn't anticipated was the extent of the evil that was happening there. The raiding police party was aghast when they discovered piles of human bones and carcasses dumped inside a pit, waiting to be burnt. There were around 50 bodies or more, and to confirm their worst fears, they also found the bodies of the three children who were reported missing a few weeks before. Surprisingly, none of these missing people had been reported to the local police. Word immediately spread about the discovery of the bodies, and before Walters could bring the guilty to the police station, the locals forcibly took the cult members into their custody and burnt them all to death on the very grounds where they had committed these horrendous crimes. Walters knew that the law had been broken, but he was after all a human being, and understood the pain of these people. The matter was hushed up, and no one spoke about the incident thereafter. However, it was rumoured that the spirits of the unholy cult members, as well as the hapless victims, haunted the area, and strange-like happenings were reported on a full moon and new moon nights. People shunned the place like a plague. Now this was the story told to us by Sachin, but he himself didn't know whether it was true or fabricated by the village folk. It seemed to be a tale concocted out of a Bollywood masala movie. However, something didn't seem quite right about the place. I could definitely feel some strong negative vibes coming from it. After hearing the story from Sachin, Bala and Gaurish were scared, wanting to leave the place immediately. However, Ram and Sachin comforted them, and told them the story might be a whole lot of gibberish after all. It was close to 4pm, and it would have been impossible to head back and reach home. There was also a risk of getting lost in the forest in the dark. Our best bet, therefore, was to spend the night inside the main temple, and leave early morning the next day. To make matters worse, it somehow started raining when it was in the peak of the summer season. Dark clouds suddenly covered the sky, and it started raining cats and dogs. We had to take shelter inside the temple, which seemed safe at the present. Slowly unpacking our things, we tried to make ourselves comfortable inside. The temple had a huge wall where devotees might have gathered for prayers, and there was a place at the far end of the hall where the main idol might have been placed. There were three entrances into the temple, one from the front, and one each from the right and the left. The place was in ruins, as it had not been used for a long time. Ram and Sachin, the brave ones, explored the temple, which was quite dark inside, and tried to ensure that it was safe, lest a wild animal might have made the place its den, in the absence of any human existence nearby. No animal was found, and we therefore were reassured, and sat down and hungrily ate sandwiches which we had packed for the trip. The depressing weather, coupled with the rains, made Gowrish really nervous, but there was nothing we could do until the next morning. We were extremely tired after the day's trek, and decided to take a nap, which we hoped would refresh us. It was close to 8pm when Ram and I woke up. The others were still sleeping. When I peeked outside, I found that the rains had stopped, and the whole area was dark, 
as though it was a new moon night. It felt very eerie indeed in that strange place, and I couldn't help wondering how Gowrish would feel upon waking up. Ram told me that he wanted to go out to answer the call of nature. I volunteered to come along, but he told me that he would be fine and would be back in a jiffy. I told him to take care and take the torch along with him. In the meanwhile, Sachin, Gowrish and Bala had also woken up. Gowrish seemed nervous, and Bala and Sachin were busy consoling him, when suddenly Ram came running inside. He was dirty and covered in mud, breathless, and seemed very scared. He was initially incoherent, but after drinking some water, he calmed down sufficiently to tell us what had happened. He had gone to the edge of the temple grounds to relieve himself, since being a Hindu, he didn't want to disturb the sanctity of the place. Suddenly, he heard a noise coming from behind. He flashed his light in the direction of the noise, but couldn't see anything apart from the dark forest. He ignored it, thinking that it was his mind playing tricks on him. When he was relieving himself beneath the tree, he felt someone standing very close behind him. When he turned around, he saw a faint figure of a woman and a child standing a few feet away from him. He was startled at these events, but quickly gathered his wits and tried to find his torch. But when he flashed the torchlight, there was no one there. He was absolutely sure he had seen somebody and was scared indeed. He quickly started running towards the temple to tell us what happened. Unfortunately, in the dark, he slipped in the wet mud and fell down. When he was trying to slowly get up, he heard someone laughing hysterically behind him. This time he gathered his entire strength and ran towards the temple entrance somehow and found us there. Sachin and Gowrish were calming Ram down, while I and Bala decided to check the rest of the two entrances to the temple to see whether there was anyone there. I checked the second entrance and found nothing unusual. However, there was a small room in the temple which we hadn't checked before. I cautiously stepped inside and flashed my light inside the room. It was completely empty, but absolutely clean, as if someone was staying there. Before I could think of returning and informing the others about my discovery, I heard a noise behind me. I immediately turned and saw three women standing at the door. Their attire was strange and not in tune with current times. They had ash smeared on their foreheads and their hair left open. One lady had a light in her hand, while the other two stood behind her staring at me. Then, slowly, they started advancing towards me inside the room. I was trapped inside as there was no other exit. Expecting the worst, I crouched to one corner with all the trio advancing steadily towards me. When they were a couple of feet from me, gathering all my willpower and strength, I held out a locket of Lord Maruti, which I always wear around my neck, tightly closed my eyes and said a silent prayer. When I opened my eyes, I found the room dark and empty, except for the beam of light coming from my flashlight. Not wasting a moment, I rushed out to be with my friends. In the meanwhile, Bala was at the third entrance, where he suddenly saw some people lighting a fire for some tantric ritual which was about to be performed. Bala later told us that their description exactly matched the satanic cult members who had been burnt alive on the grounds over a century ago. Both of us returned to the rest of the gang almost at the same time, sweating profusely. We both related our own personal nightmares to the rest. 
Not wanting to spend another minute at the unholy place, we immediately started packing our bags to leave. It was around 10pm at the time. As soon as we were outside the temple, an eerie sight greeted us. We saw the three ladies who I had seen in the room, along with the men seen by Bala, outside standing a couple of metres away from the main temple entrance, staring at us angrily for disturbing their ritual. Not knowing what more to expect, we ran out as far as our legs could carry us, leaving the temple grounds behind us. We were now in the main forest area, without a clue as to where we were. Heaving a sigh of relief, we started walking, hoping our ordeal was finally over. We were horribly wrong in this assumption. Whichever route we seemed to take in the forest also seemed to bring us back to the same spot, which was just outside the temple grounds. We tried at least five different routes, but all of them seemed to bring us back to the same spot. It was as if some unseen force was trying to prevent us from leaving the place. It was around 1am now, and we're totally exhausted, and sit down below a tree scared as hell. Were we trapped in this place forever? Was one of the questions continuously running through our minds. To make matters worse, we could also hear loud sounds coming from within the temple grounds. None of us had the guts to go and check it out, even though we were only a short distance away from the unholy place. With time coming to a virtual standstill, and all hope lost, I suddenly had an idea. I coerced the rest of the gang to recite Hanuman Chalisa, which is supposed to keep evil spirits away and protect you. We started chanting the hymn as loudly as possible. As we did so, we found a strange sense of calm coming over us. We suddenly felt more confident, and our courage returned. The voices within the temple grounds went silent, as if a greater power had summoned them to do so. We continuously prayed until around 4am, after which we finally fell asleep, exhausted. When we woke up, I looked at my watch. It was 6.30am, and just about time for sunrise. I quickly woke the others, and we left the place, not once bothering to look back inside the temple grounds. Things were absolutely normal, and we reached habitation in a couple of hours. We narrated our tale to the locals there, who at first chided us for being foolish enough to visit the place, even after knowing its history. They told us that we were very lucky to have escaped alive from that unholy place, which they had said had been a virtual death trap for many. There were many people in the past who had gone there and were never seen again. After having some refreshments, we started back and reached home by around five. We didn't tell anyone about our adventures and quietly went to sleep. We were definitely shaken by the events which occurred during our trip, but managed to conceal our discomfort. We left for Mumbai a few days later. On our way back to Mumbai, we were introspecting about the incidents which had happened during our trip. The lady and the child seen by Bala might have been victims of the cult members. The three women seemed to be female members of the cult. The men at the temple grounds might have been the main tantrics who performed the unholy rituals. We were all very happy to have survived the ordeal, and our faith in God as a higher power was reinforced to a large extent. No one had any doubts in their mind that it was God alone who had saved us from tragedy that night. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. 
The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi guys, I really hope you enjoyed today's story. If you did, make sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Also, if you haven't, hit that notification bell. That way you will know when the next video comes live. Also, if you have a story that you'd like to relate to me, and maybe get featured on the channel, make sure to send it to my email address. That's also down in the description box. So, until next time, sleep tight.